can you please explain the 2017 965 act after Mr. Trump started to become in office? Transition tax? Yes, transition tax. Uh, I mean, the transition tax is not completely my area of expertise, so I might let you, this might be one that's better for you. Yeah, so at the end of 2017, just after Christmas, uh, President Trump signed the, the act, uh, biggest piece of U.S. tax reform since President Reagan in the 1980s. And as a result, it was the, there were a lot of unintended consequences. It was a way of targeting big businesses that had money outside of the U.S. and allowing them to bring it in, you know slightly attractive way, but the unintended consequence is that regular SMEs were also trapped. So 965 really is about, if you had uh, retained earnings on your balance sheet, suddenly, and you know, as, as Jimmy said earlier, it would not typically be taxable until you, if you get a distribution to yourself, either in the form of some sort of bonus payment or dividends, then you, you pay tax on your personal return. Then all of a sudden, you are taxed based on the, the income on, on the balance sheet. There's a deemed distribution as per your shareholding. So that, that's essentially what it's about. And then going on from that was the guilty tax, which, which Jimmy mentioned as well. But, but then I think it would add I, that, that I mean, one of the things that I think was with the transition tax that was at least somewhat beneficial was that you, know, you paid the tax on, on the retained earnings on your balance sheet but then you could bring it back to the U.S. for free. There's previously taxed income. Actually, this was my next question: Is that can I transfer the money to the U.S. if I pay the taxes for the return earnings? Yes. yes. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you deem to receive it, right? So you constructively yes. receive it. So yeah, well, they did it in all words over a period of five, six years, I think, which I'm still waiting. Yeah. So, right, so you, you create a bucket, as Jimmy was saying, you create a bucket of income, which is PTI previously taxed income. And when you actually do take a, a real distribution, then you just pay the delta, the difference between what you've already paid and what, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to add one thing really quick to, to your question about structuring. I mean, one of the things that you, one of the, the only other real possibility that I've seen is obviously, um, you know, if you're talking about a family office or something that's doing investing, is to you know kind of create a multi-family office with some non-resident alien families, to where it's not a controlled foreign corporation that's controlling everything. I mean, that's something that, that we've seen a few people do. I mean, obviously you lose a little bit of control. It triggers like that, an, an, an alarm, right? Doesn't it trigger an alarm or you know? provide some hints. Uh, were you talking about what I was just saying to this gentleman or, or yeah, to your question? Separate, yeah. He was responding to the gentleman okay. before you, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. But, but to, again, but going back to your point about transition tax, so I did a similar event to this in, in Amcham in, in Singapore, and we had a guy that almost broke down in tears because, you know, to your point previous to that, it, you did not pay taxes until there was a distribution. So he's an elderly gentleman, he worked his entire life building up this business, and the money on the balance sheet he saw it as his retirement fund. Yeah. And so it was a pretty sizable amount, and then all of a sudden, you know, he had to part of the, so it, it could be pretty painful. And it was one of the few times in US tax history where we saw something that was kind of retroactive, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that, you know, this is something that you would typically associate with a so-called third world country. For sure. And then suddenly the US is behaving like that, so it's really not a nice thing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it is a little, maybe a little bit of a, more of a policy comment, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not also not. I mean, I think it hit the SMEs hard and very unintended. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not so sure that the big companies weren't behind this lobbying a little bit to get their profits back cheap, especially. You know, now that there's a participation exemption for the big companies. Exactly. So they don't feel it. Yeah. On the earned income side, given the relatively low exemption, right, and the relatively low other tax benefits around housing and so forth. Are there other things that are being done creatively there at all on the earned income set? No, not, not that I can think of. That might... No, I mean, as a, a U.S. expat, it's really just Section 911, so that foreign income exclusion, plus your housing deduction, plus some utilities. So that, I mean, depending on where you go, it's probably like, what, 160, 170,000. So it's, it's for someone who's living, you know, pretty decent level and you admit six to seven figures, it really is not that helpful. The, the one thing I'd add, it's still at the end of the day, not so helpful, but you know, you do have the standards um, housing de deduction, but then they, they also publish a list for sort of high cost locales, which bump that number up. The, Dubai is definitely on that list. Uh, but again, it's not, I mean, if it's, if you're very high income, it's not going to be super helpful. Yeah. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.